Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We have the director, the writer, the cinematographer, um, the camera person, the lighting person, <laughs> producer, <laughs> producer, <laughs> comedian, uh, Jessica Watkins from her documentary specialish, um, out, out coming out soon. And, um, Jessica, if you can do me a favor and let our audience, uh, know what the film is about. Sure. So, um, specialish, is a uh, feature-length documentary that follows um, a walk across America that I, I took. Um, so in 2014, I <clears throat> quit my job waiting tables in New York, and I had never hiked or camped before or really been behind the camera at all. And um, I spent um, nine months walking from Delaware to California, and it was supposed to be a film about you know me kind of um, trying to make it as a comedian and doing this crazy thing. And I mean, that is what it's about, but it also became a lot more of a personal story about, um, my journey and, and what, you know, ultimately prompted me to walk across America. And, um, it's part comedy special, part documentary. So hence the name specialish, <laughs> and I'm really excited to share it. Yeah. Um, Ange and I see a lot of films. Um, I don't, I don't think we've kept track of how many films we've seen in the last, I don't know, five ish years or so, but there's a lot of them that feel like therapy. And we'll talk to the director about like, wow. I mean, like that was really, but this movie was serious therapy and I was watching it with my fiance. He loved it too. But there are moments where I was like, I kind of, <laughs> he's not here right now. Thank God. But I kind of <laughs> wanted him to leave. Cause I was like, I'm just having moments here. Like I, I needed to leave. I needed my, I needed my diary. And then we, like, I need to talk to you. <laughs> it was just a whole thing. So um, beyond that, I, I do want to kind of make a joke in light of it, but it's not a joke. How many uh, men asked you and talked to you about being raped and murdered on the road? Because holy <laughs> shit. It's not I mean, cute. No, it's, it's not cute. <laughs> it's, you know, it's barely cute. And um, no, I, it's, I can't really, I mean, the fact that I was even recording that moment, to me, the whole film has become such a um, a therapeutic thing for me, for sure, uh, a healing thing. Um, but that moment to capture it on film, and then even so, like when I got back from the walk, you know, there are hundreds of hours of footage. And once you kind of go down that road and decide to open it up into okay, this is going to be a, a lot more personal story that I'm putting out there, but that was the story. That's what happened. And so um, it's interesting that that part of the film wasn't even always going to be in there. And ultimately, like it is the film. And, and so it's just like interesting, the journey that it kind of took to get there. But uh, I think that was the only live radio show that asked me that. I think it was. <laughs> But uh, yeah, other people ask me, you know, I mean, well, people just ask the question of fear. 
yes, in a way that always. was so clear that, you know, they didn't think that this is what people go through every day of their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was definitely eye-opening and interesting. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I have so many follow-up questions. I'm going to try to stay focused, but I, you know, I myself, I, I really enjoy traveling alone, going to third world countries and doing things like that. And everybody always says like, don't trust anyone. Aren't you scared? And the irony, which is the same with your story is I have been robbed. I've been mugged in my hometown more than I ever did in, in traveling to any of these countries. Um, so that's just sort of the irony. And, and, and I'm glad you bring up that point is like, we worry yeah. about that every day. What's the difference? You know yeah, what I mean? I mean I, if we're talking really statistically speaking, like people are more likely, whether you're male or female, to be murdered by your spouse than somebody else or mm-hmm. to be sexually assaulted by someone than you that, you know, you know, like these random acts of violence really aren't the, you know, the, the thing I don't, you know, the person who's like, I, I don't know, the, the the even just stepping out to do something like when you're traveling alone or how I was on the walk. I feel like there's something about that that's powerful in a way also where, where people kind of question a woman who's traveling alone. They, they or, don't want to mess with you. They're like, Whoa. exactly. <laughs> they're like, there must be something I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but starting from the beginning, I'm curious to know 2014 was a very different time than we are, <laughs> we're in today, but what were your thoughts of the country, what are your expectations of, you know, the people you might meet along the way or, or just the landscape of the country? And, and how did that kind of shift as you were going along? You know, I, um, it didn't, ha- it hadn't occurred to me how people were going to, when they saw me uh, on the side of the road or at a gas station or wherever it was, it really, as a privileged, like white person, like I had thought about all the other things in the walk, it had never occurred to me that people like might not want to fuck with me. Like when I'm at, when I'm, you know, like that, that I'm out, that they wouldn't just be like, Oh, it's a really cool thing you're doing. You know, that some people were like shielding their children or, you know, just, um, not helpful or judgmental or just like the vibe that I was getting from people. That was like a new adjustment, um, that I got from being on the road, just people giving me their, their quick snap judgments, um, of who I was with this cart outside of a Seven Eleven, you know? So that was something new for me. Um, but the biggest thing that I really felt from going across the country is that what we have in common is that people just want to work and they want to provide for their families and they want to live in a safe place and they just want to live. Like that's all they want to do, you know? And every place I went, no matter the people that I met, they were just kind of, I don't know. Um, it, it was just an interesting snapshot of, of what it means to feel, to feel safe in America. Like at the same time that I was doing the walk was when Mike Brown was shot. And I remember like there were huge protests happening and I was like in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas, I think. And just the idea that someone was in their own neighborhood and wasn't safe. And then here I was like out in the middle of nowhere, camping on the side of the road, totally opening myself up to whatever, not to mention that I had like weed and whiskey and was literally breaking the law every day with like the roads that I was walking down and stuff. I was fine. And that wasn't lost on me. And, and I don't know, there, there was just, there was just an interesting perspective that, that I gained in that, uh, I don't know, just the feeling of the kind of 
vastness of our country, but at the same time, these little um, minute interactions that people have are so like heavy and weighted and just the like a single reaction that someone has can change someone's whole life. I don't know. These were just all thoughts that were circling. I mean, let's talk about your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was just thinking, I was like, oh my God, let's also talk about your mom. Um, I love the story about your mom. I love that your mom came to camp with you for a week. Wasn't it for a week? Yeah. It felt like a lot longer than that. (laughs) It might have been, um, love my mom so much, but, um, that is a real snapshot of my mom, you know, and, even keeping that in, you know, making this documentary was like, there were parts that, that were in there. And I was like, you know, how can I keep this in? But it's just real. It's what it was. And I think that it's a story that a lot of people can relate to. There's a few different storylines going on in the documentary. And that one between a mother and, and daughter, I, I think is just really authentic. It's real for us. It was hard the first, you know, I sent it to my mom and I I was just like, just, you have to watch the whole thing. You know, you have to take the whole journey. And um, ultimately, you know, I think she's, you know, she's the one who's showcased in the film. So she, you know, like that's the part I played to her. I'm like, look, mom, like you're the one in the film. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That softened the blow a little bit. what What was her reaction to watching it? she really enjoyed it. And then she had some feelings and oh, yeah. yeah, as yeah. you would. Yeah. I think the fact that I'm telling my really personal story and putting that on the table opens up a, a lot for other people that are in the film to have some, some leeway with the, with the story narratives. And um, I think that ultimately, I think it's a really cool snapshot and that I'm so happy that I have, that of my mom and I. So uh, I think we'll, we'll both be thankful for that. She may need her own show. Just saying anyways, go ahead. (laughs) I mean, I kind of was like, I think I could watch, you know, like a side, some kind of side of something. There's this thing where I'm from Nashville and um, that you can call in. It's like once a week or maybe it's every day. I don't know that you call in, you ask questions. They have a different person on it's called open line. And they like know my mom by name. Like my mom is like the open line lady. She's calling in. (laughs) She knows all the city council people. She knows what's going on in the state legislature. Like Anne knows what is up. So um, she did get banned from open line. That's what that shirt. I saw a shirt. That's that's what that shirt was. We got that. We got that airbrush for her for Christmas. Banned from open line. She was using. (laughs) She was using different people's phones. Like, oh my god. (laughs) And she'd have an accent. She'd call like three times in a row, but one time with an accent. Right, but literally just sound like herself. And you can hear like the cigarettes on the other (laughs) end of the phone. Can we have her on? I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. Follow up? Absolutely. I'm not Absolutely. kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm intimidated. I don't know if I can handle it. I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> she is a strong woman. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> yeah. Well, we really love, we've had so many comedians on and um, I think it's just so ambitious of you to say, I'm going to go cross country on tour 
to these really small towns and, you, you know, your comedy style might pertain to New York and, and, you know, how to, how is it going to, how is it going to go over in Alabama or Arkansas or wherever you're crossing? Um, and you talk about how your comedy ev has evolved from this trip. So can you talk about that growth and, and where you think the change stems from? Um, yeah, you know, you can be on the road and tell questionable jokes, but when you're just walking like 15 minutes away the, or 15 miles away and camping on the side of the road, it kind of brings another element to it, you know? So that was definitely always kind of a real fear in the back of my head. Like what if I'm staying with someone and they like YouTube me in the middle of the night and I did some like Christian joke that they hate or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, the, but, um, yeah, I think the change came from just uh, being more comfortable in with who I am, but also realizing that that's what makes other people um, enjoy and laugh and be more comfortable with you is, uh, which is why when I was in these small towns and, and weird places, like I'm sure, you know, it's not like I was like killing at these shows, but there was like a reception there because you're being vulnerable and that there's something in that and that I think that people really do respond to being, um, I don't know, I guess, uh, open and real. And, and that that is something that is, you know, a, a true part of being a performer and being a comedian. And, and it's a big part of it. And how has your comedy changed after all these years from, from what we see in the film to, to now? And how, how, how did this whole trip and everything, all of this change you? Um, well, I am very famous now, which is one of the things. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just thankful you're here. Thank we you. had to fight for this interview. Yes, thank, that's you. For sure. thank you for having yes. me um, and, and finding this space. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, what I have embraced is that I am an artist and that I'm more than just a, a stand-up comedian and this project and kind of and, and, and going into this whole thing, which has now been a seven year process from the inception of the idea until what it is, is just realizing that, um, you know, when I moved to New York over a decade ago and was pursuing standup, it, it felt very much like there was only one, like you, the only way is that you have to be up like this many times a night and, and everything in your life has to like fall apart except for stand up, and you have to like live with six other people. And I don't know, just like all these things of like being a stand up comedian in New York. And it's a realization that this is all about like longevity. And for me, difference, just like the walk, um, you know, one thing is going to end and another thing will come. And that this is just one project of many, and that my um, comedy and art will continue to evolve. And I hope I utilize other things that I love. Like for this, it was. Um, the walk itself and, and adventure and travel and just wanting to utilize all those different creative avenues that I have and not feel like I'm stuck into I have to you know to, in order to be successful you have to like be in one of these different you know blocks maybe maybe it's something a little bit more fluid mm -hmm. yeah me. yeah one is a big one is, well I had two big fears after, you know, traveling, being gone for three months, six months, a year, you know, whatever it is. I had two big fears. And, and one of them was that, you know, maybe I wouldn't fit back into society again. Like maybe I wouldn't feel comfortable again. But then another real fear was that I was going to lose everything that I'd learned about myself and I gained 
from the trip just because I'm back in society again. So did you have those similar feelings and, and how, how are you dealing with that? You know, a few years for wait, now we're like six years later. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, as I talk about in the film, like as I got toward the end, people were, were warning me about the end. And when you get back and, and the, the grass is always greener situation. And that was real for me. I fell into like a depression after I got back pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, I was back. I was immediately working on the film and people had been in New York receiving the footage. They were all like really excited to work on the film. What's the story? Like you're here, let's do it. And I was still processing what had just happened. And it took a really long time to process that. And even now with the film coming out, it's like a new processing of it. I mean, it feels like a different person. It feels like a different time period, but it's almost been the length of time where now that this is coming to an end, it feels like there's sort of another feeling of what's the next thing, you know, what's the next adventure. And I think that that is one of the biggest growing things for me. Like in planning of the walk, yes, in my mind, it's this, you know, this epic thing with this epic ending. And then there's the reality of what it is. And it's, and that is wonderful within itself. And there will, and I just think I'm really like relating to that. Those will just be many different journeys or movies or specials or whatever they are that I'll create. Second part of that, yes, is, is that feeling of, right some time has passed and, and, and now this project is coming out and sort of looking at your life where it is right now. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting thing because yeah, going along on a trip like that for, you know, the better part of a year, it, you, and you're experiencing so many different people along the way, you know, there's people that there's a whole subculture of people in the U S that whether they're biking or hiking or living out of, you know, a car, a van, a, whatever it is. And once you lock into that, it's so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not hard to do, <laughs> you know, once you're mm -hmm. kind of like out of the, that grind that us, especially as like artists in places like uh, New York and California are, you know, we're so locked into the grind. I mean, it's pretty easy to snap back into it when you're, um, when you're back around that energy, but I think it's, you know, it's just like any other form of sort of meditation that you just kind of try and bring those little pieces in. And yeah, the, with the film coming out, it's been like an extra special going back through remembering and, and being like reminded of, of all the, yeah, it was a really um, life altering experience. And it's been like cool just in the last few weeks with the film coming out to be like reminded of all those feelings. Are you scarred now from making a documentary? Are you done? <laughs> or do you want to pursue any other? I'm slightly I'm scarred. Slightly scarred. Um, but, you know, just, you know, I do love therapy. So I probably <laughs> with some time. I'll, it's like anything. I mean, even just with the walk, I feel like it's, you know, it's like childbirth or something where you don't remember the bad stuff you know like right, you just yeah. remember like all the like oh and the baby came and it was amazing <laughs> and like you forget all the other shit. I mean I don't know I don't have kids but I'm just assuming that that's the only reason why people would have more kids is if you like forget right <laughs> black right. it out yes so I yeah it's a little bit of that but no making a documentary I mean as my first feature project I, I mean now that it's finished and knowing what that means and looking back at that that was my 
plan, I mean, it, it's kind of outrageous and I am just, yeah, I'm kind of shocked myself that it's, it's finished and it's, I'm so excited to share it. Yeah, I can't even imagine the amount of footage you must have had nine months walking all day long, every day. But a uh, quick last question. You uh, were, were traveling on a budget, but you were, I definitely noticed you were enjoying some beers along the way. So I want to yeah. know, oh, yeah. can you tell us some good beers that you tried across the country or a food or something that we need to try? Because we're big travelers and we're planning on hitting the road at some point. So, <laughs> Well, the first uh, day I walked, I ended it at the fish head brewery in Delaware and they make these like really strong IPAs. I had like a triple IPA. And then the guy I was staying with gave me some weed and then I got super paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) So paranoid. (laughs) They were the nicest people. And I was like, ah, like just (laughs) like they were the nicest people. But I was like, he was like, there's fat there, if you hear anything, it's bats in the attic. And I was like, that, of course, that's what they would say. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, okay, so Fishhead Brewery. A Fishhead Brewery was great. Uh, but you know what we do in this country? Well, a diner. A diner mm-hmm. is what we do. Yes, so yes. when you're on the road, fuck the McDonald's. Like, if you can find a diner, I just highly recommend going to any diner in the middle of nowhere. Because they're just cheap and good and like it's where trekkers go and they have people that are kind of you know i don't know uh, traveling so it's just like it's just we it's what we do well it's like kind of the only thing <laughs> dude pie town i want to go to that pie pie town in the house pie town like oh. yeah <laughs> pie town was amazing i'm still kathy who's the lady who makes the pies we're like bffs we're on oh. each other's instagram she's amazing i mean i that pie i'm not even kidding it's the it was the it's amazing like <laughs> I, it's amazing i'm if you're ever in new mexico pie town you gotta yeah. go and, and i, I love- have a sign on the door that says no one lives here make yourselves at home incredible I know. Incredible. what is that i loved it and i love how you're just sitting there you didn't even use a plate you're just like this is my pie <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck it yeah, yeah fuck it that was incredible who cares <laughs> It was Thanksgiving, so. Right. You had to treat yourself. You had to treat yourself. (laughs) Treat yourself. Well, Jessica Watkins, it's been a pleasure. The film is called (laughs) Special-ish, and we, we are so excited for you to roll this out and for everyone else to see it. So thanks so much for being on Bitch Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>